0: Welcome to Clear the Clutter. My name is Margaret and this podcast is where I give you practical and spiritual advice to get your time back so you can finally spend it how you really want. Hello, hello. Welcome to today's episode. So today is magical episode number 40 and it is how to do the actual work and you're going to hear me say the word work a lot. I'm going to use it in the mythical air quotes. So every time you hear me say that word, just picture air quotes. So with that being said, I actually have three examples for you guys today. Um, so I'm so excited on that. And then if this is the first time you've listened to the podcast, don't worry. At the very end, I'm going to go over the journal prompts that I actually used to come up with the examples um, so that that way you can go ahead and apply this to your own life. Um, And you're always welcome to either go to the blog at margaretstevens.co to go and grab the journal prompts, or you could go to the show notes, or you can go find them on Pinterest. I am working my butt off to make sure that the journal prompts are accessible for you pretty much wherever you want them. Um, So with that being said, let's get started. So my question would be, my questions and my journal prompts and all of my topics always come from real life because it's so much easier to teach on something that you know and that you've experienced versus trying to teach on something that you don't have any tangible um, reality or results with. So with that being said, the past couple of weeks, I have been circling around this question over and over and over again of, okay, well, I want to do the work. I'm willing to do the work. I'm ready to do the work. And and even if you're listening to previous episodes, I keep bringing up the whole, okay, well, this is the mindset and then you have to do the work. And I'm like, okay, well, what is the work? I've been wanting over and over again to define what the work is because I felt like I knew what the work was in the past and it didn't matter the example. It can be any one of the three that I'm gonna bring up later on in the episode. But I felt that not only did I know what the work was at the time, In the past, I didn't know what it was now. I didn't know, okay, well, I've reached that goal. Well, what's the next goal? Well, what's the next goal? Well, what's the next goal? And I felt, in a sense, that I was recreating the systems and the processes and everything over and over again, especially in the three uh, examples I'm going to bring up, and it was getting frustrated. And I'm like, okay, well, clearly, I know how to hit, hit a goal. Clearly, I know how to change my mindset. If I don't know something, I hire someone to teach me. So clearly, I have a lot of these things and structures in place but I don't want to keep reinventing the wheel. So clearly that means that we can make that a drinking game. How many times does Maggie say the word clearly or work? <laughs> Anywho, so clearly <laughs> I know how to change my mindset, set a goal, hit a goal, again, hire someone um, to teach me on things that I don't know. I know how to do all of that, but there's no need to re event, reinvent the wheel over and over again. And that was something I brought up in last week's episode about sabotaging yourself. In a sense, setting a goal or not getting completely clear on my ultimate goal, or maybe a goal that's going to take me a hot minute to achieve by not getting super clear on that I was sabotaging myself without even realizing it and then I would get frustrated and then I would feel overwhelmed and then just because I'm human like everyone else if I got overwhelmed I wouldn't want to do something and I would whether it was conscious or not I was actually talking to Ben about that earlier tonight while we were gardening Um, whether it was conscious or not I was still self-sabotage and it's like okay that's not who I am that's not the person I want to be it's a bad pattern but I can always change it. So, with that being said, the last couple weeks I've been thinking about what does actually doing the work mean. What you know, if I had to explain that to someone, or I had to have someone replicate what I was doing, what would that mean? What would that look like? What would the process be? And then, probably the last two or three days, um, I'm actually recording this episode a day later than I should be. Um, I, I like to publish the episodes normally on a Tuesday night. And then technically, you know, they're there for you guys and gals Wednesday morning. But I recorded the podcast episode a day late. Uh, Today's actually Wednesday. Um, Because I was, quote unquote, doing the work last night on getting clear. Like, okay, well, if this is my goal for X, what does that mean? What does the structure look like? What is the clarity? What can I hold myself accountable on? And does it actually hit the ultimate big, big, big goal that I'm trying to hit? Or is it me thinking too small? So with that being said, let me drive into the three examples that I have for you. And then at the end, I'll go over the general prompts with you that I literally use to go ahead and create these um, examples. So example number one is going to be related to your Day job. If you have a day job, if you don't have a traditional job, I would say it is the thing of what you would consider your work or your job. This is going to be example number one for you. So I've talked about it in the past. I run a parts department for a power sports dealership. Uh, we're huge in the state of Florida, like huge. Um, and we're a very small team, but we produce an obscene amount of dollars compared to the size of the staff that we have. We're a largest dealer for X, Y, and Z brands, blah, 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 blah. Right. So I've been thinking about, okay, well, I want to grow my department. I want to make it bigger. I want to make it bigger. I want to make it bigger. Um, and last year, even though we had, you know, all these crazy issues because of COVID, we still had our best year yet. And it was crazy and everyone chalked it up to, you know, magical COVID success because everyone was wanting to get outside and ride. So, of course, that means people are going to be buying things like crazy. Well, Q 2021. And I'm beating last year's numbers, even though inventory is super tight, new units are a nightmare to get, and all of these obstacles, you would assume that it would be harder for me to do a better job than even last year. And in my experience and in my department and at the company I work at, that is totally not the case. So I was like, okay, well, I keep hitting this goal. At first, I started out with wanting to have the department hit a um, weekly number. And then I was hitting the weekly number a little too easily. And I noticed every time I hit the weekly number, I would step, you know, I'd take my foot off the gas. I wouldn't follow up with customers as consistently, or I wouldn't do any recommendations or anything like that. I would, again, quote unquote, self-sabotage. So I was like, okay, well, let's do a monthly number. And then for the most part i could basically hit that monthly number and so i was like okay the same scenario kept coming up i would not follow up with customers as consistently i wouldn't make some of the recommendations i wouldn't follow up on old quotes that i tell told people i would follow up on in six weeks or whatever so i was like okay clearly i'm doing the same thing over and over again i i hit a I i hit a goal And so therefore, I taught myself I can hit the goal, I gave myself the proof that I needed to feel confident. And then I set a bigger goal. And then I hit that I gave myself the confidence I needed. And from there, I was like, okay, well, clearly, these goals that I'm setting, I've already hit them multiple times they are too small. So screw it. I don't care if it's realistic, because you know, my drills, and you know, my mottos, realistic goals don't motivate me. So with that being said, I was like, well, screw it, I want to have a million dollar department. I have no clue if it's real or not, or possible. I technically don't have the staff to do it. Technically, because of where we are in the state of Florida, we don't have enough, quote unquote, people in the county that we should be able to do it. I have all these things that are magically working against me, right? Well, that's not ultimately true. We're still technically on track to hit the million dollars. (laughs) And that was demon. (laughs) We're still on track to hit the million dollars for that department for the entire year. And the reason why I wanted to bring up some crazy big thing, especially when I wanted to start it out with work, is because I was hitting goals over and over and over again. And then when I was hit them, I was self sabotage So I wanted to do something big. And for me, maybe me a year from now is going to be like million dollars. Psh, let's do 1.5. But right now a million feels big, but it's also somewhat exciting because it's got that magical sparkle to it. Ooh, I run a million dollar department, which Again, partially is bragging rights, partially it is obviously I'm doing really good customer service. So with that being said, I was like, okay, well, what's the goal? The goal would be, it has to be big enough that I actually can get my energy behind it. So the goal is let's have a million dollar sales department for parts, um, okay, cool. So what do I actually need to have that goal work, to function? And the past couple of months, I've de- definitely been focusing on that. Some of it comes down to messaging, some da- Some of it comes down to talking to customers, some of it comes down to uh, letting people know that we price match stuff so that we can recapture lost sales or people that think that, you know, it was that price and they never could negotiate with us. Sometimes it's making, you know, more standardized cross sells and upsells to have a more consistent experience for a customer. Sometimes that means that it doesn't matter if I feel it, or if I don't, or if I'm frustrated or whatever, always getting back to my customers. So there was a handful of things that I needed to make that goal a reality. Because at the end of the day, if my department needs to sell things, because that's the only reason why I have a job and that's how you keep the lights on, well, what does that mean? That means you have to reach out and sell. It doesn't matter how you sell, what you sell, where you sell, but you physically have to sell. So I got a lot more clear on the things that I would need to make the goal of hitting a ha- hitting the million dollar department. And then from there, it was like, okay, well, obviously I can't do everything, right? So, what do I need to outsource? What do I need to do differently? What needs to be taken off my plate or divided or this or that? Maybe What needs to be standardized? Because again, the goal is so big, it has to be, it only works if it's more than just me. So that would mean maybe having more skilled people on my in my department. Maybe that means again I've said it a couple times but having better and more consistent packages so every time we talk to a customer the same variation of a recommendation is getting said. So then that way if John Smith comes to the counter and they talk to me, they're going to have a pretty close experience as what they're going to talk to if Uh, Another person takes care of them or maybe someone's covering for the department and that person takes care of them. The experience is consistent and so therefore the customer feels comfortable with us. So that would be the process of doing the quote unquote work for like your day job. Um, That's the structure I should say behind it. Um, the second example I want to go over is your personal life. So I've been very open and honest that I've had a lot of health, not a lot of health issues, but I've had some pretty good health scares in the past that kind of woke me up to say, okay, you need to take care of yourself better. You're really good at pushing and pushing and pushing, but you're not really good at listening to your body. So I've been focusing on that. Um, and so part of that is wanting to get back to a healthier weight. Um, For better reasons not because I want to look cute or I want to fit into a specific type of jean or It's magical beach season or anything like that It's literally going back down to listen to your body get healthier So you can be on this planet a really long freaking time So with that being said that is the true end goal The end goal is to get at weight in the right way in a healthy way So that I can maintain that weight for a very, very 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 long time, right? So that's the goal. So then I go back to the same structure. What would the goal need to be to actually function, live, breathe, be a reality? Well, the thing that I've always used as a way to sabotage myself is um, I have the world's biggest sweet tooth. Like the world's biggest sweet tooth. I could literally eat sugar all day, every day, with every single meal, with a side of sugar, and not even bat an eye. So. I don't know if you can picture this, but do me a favor. Picture the old school sugar canister that you would see at like a diner that's got the metal dome on it. It's like the glass uh, glass cylinder with like the metal dome and it's mm-hmm. got the little flappy lid on top and that you pour sugar out, right? So when I was growing up and we would have coffee in the house, again, being Puerto Rican, I basically grew up drinking coffee from like three months old on. It's literally a tradition that you put a couple of, Tablespoons or whatever of coffee into a baby bottle, and they're now quote unquote Puerto Rican. So, literally, I've had coffee my entire life. Um, and so, I used to have such a bad sugar addiction that I would have a normal eight, ten ounce cup of coffee with some variation of milk in it, and I would take that sugar canister um, with the little metal dome on it, and I would tip it upside down, and I would count one, 1,001, one, 1,002, 1,003, 1,004, 1,005, 1,006, 1,007, and then I would stop pouring the sugar. So, like, who knows? I don't even want to fun- think of how much sugar that was, but it was a shit ton of sugar, and I was the good one because my dad would have even more than me, and my mom would have even more than both of us, basically, combined, You know, we literally could go through a 20-pound bag of sugar just in our coffee in, like, a month between the three of us when I was growing up. So, needless to say, my sugar cravings can be pretty epic. Um, And in the past, I was not really good at listening to my body cues when it came time to being hungry or when it came time to being full. So, if those are the things that are sabotaging me having a very healthy and consistent weight so that I can live for basically ever. Okay, cool. Well, what can I do to go ahead and fix that? What do I need to outsource? What do I need to change? What do I need to tweak? And so what I've been doing and what Ben's been helping me focus on is finding healthier swaps and healthier alternatives. So this might sound super weird, but like a lot of times now, if I have this really crazy, crazy sugar craving, I actually go instead of going for something sweet, I go for something um, like sour. So in our household, we, we love, like, pickles and, I don't know, salsa and, and things that have kind of either a sour or maybe a bitter taste. I'm obsessed with having kambuka. I started making it again. So, like, things like that that have that sour undertone, I totally love it. So, like, there's times where I'll have this crazy sugar craving kick in and I'm, like, ready to tear the house apart looking for sugar, even though I know we don't have anything. I'm like, well, maybe I can, like, find this one crumb from back in the day. Um, but instead, what I'll do is like, I'll eat like a pickle. I'll drink some kambuka, I'll have um, this uh, bitter tea that my girlfriend gave me. Um, well, she got me hooked on it from Japan. Um, I, I don't remember the name, but it's a super bitter tea. And something like that will help my sugar cravings. Uh, another thing that I've been doing lately, again, to help hit my goal of having a healthy and stable weight for basically ever. Another thing I've been doing is um, finding a lot more realistic and non-overwhelming cookbooks or websites. So I've always been a fan of cookbooks. I've always loved, well, let me rephrase. I may hate cooking, which is a weird thing for a woman in general to admit. So I love cleaning. I love organizing. I love doing the laundry. I love doing all that crap. But cooking, oh my god, I freaking hate it with a passion. It is not something I enjoy. It is not something I like to do. If I could literally never go another day in my life with cooking, I would totally be happy. Thank god Ben is a really good cook. Um, And so he saves us half the time because he loves to cook. I can't stand it with a blind passion. But there are times where either it's my turn to cook, or I'm forced to cook, or the scenario calls it and Ben's out of town, and therefore I need to feed myself. So my thought process and what what one thing I've been using to help me get to that main goal is finding recipes that are either super freaking easy, or it's like, wow, that's a different way of making that and it doesn't feel overwhelming. So I have um, this two well, actually two really good cookbooks um, that I kind of ping pong back and forth they either have low carb recipes in them or they've got like keto options in them again so that I'm focusing on you know well my thing is I love to like if I'm going to have like a sugary-ish meal not meal or dessert or sweet or snack or whatever I try and balance it out with like a keto-ish option so that I'm not literally just continuously pouring sugar into my body and stressing my insulin levels out so I try and look for something that um, wow, that's super easy. And I'll, preferably if I can put it in the oven or if I can cook, put it in the crock pot, oh my God, that is my jam. So I've been looking for things that don't feel overwhelming. They feel realistic. Majority of the ingredients, like 9.9 of the ingredients I'm going to have in the house anyway. So it makes it easy. I don't have to go out and buy this fancy thing. And now that can be an objection or that could be something I have to overcome. I make it as easy and realistic as possible. So that I could hit my ultimate goal. That would be how you could apply something in your personal life. What would be the the goal? What are the things that you're doing to sabotage yourself? How can you fix the actual root cause of the sabotaging? And then I always go back to like, what are you needing to outsource and kind of why? And I keep using the word outsource over and over again. But in both example number one and example number two, you know, when it comes to work and when it comes to your personal life, Outsourcing is not necessarily meaning handing it off to another person. Outsourcing might mean having a better system or structure in place because you're not creating the system or the structure over and over again from scratch. I'm still the one cooking, unfortunately. (laughs) I'm still the one doing, um, building the... Uh, the sales packages or whatever for my team but it's a consistent repeatable process that I can get behind so that when it is time to quote unquote do the work I actually know what the work is I know what it entails I know what it looks like and I can I, I am so clear on doing the work that I can have someone else do it as well so if I was going to have then make a specific meal or. Um, even though he cooks all the time, anyway, I can be like, "Hey, let's have this recipe." Hey, person that works for me at you know my dealership. Hey, let's sell or focus on this package today. Like it's actually clear that someone else could look at it and go, "Okay, cool, not a problem." The third example I wanted to focus on, um, I'm kind of separating it a little bit out of work because if you're listening to this podcast, most likely you have either some form of a side hustle or you're wanting to start a side hustle or maybe you're just wanting to have a really healthy and fun passion project. So something that's kind of bigger than just watching tv or chilling with netflix or chilling with your family it's something that is you know that that strat that straddles the work and the personal life so this example and this is where again i always share the nitty-gritty but this would be that i want to in a couple of years have my company be a half million dollar a year company and part of why i keep focusing on that million dollar brand for my department, it's like, well, if I can get comfortable with large numbers for someone else, I could totally do the numbers for myself. So I'd love to have it. And I'm going to build it so that my company, Margaret Stevens, will be a half million dollar a year company. Okay, so if I sat down and I told Ben, hey, Ben, I made the, this company made half a million dollars this year, he'd be like, cool, how'd you do it? Hey. And then the other question would be like, <laughs> you know, can we go on vacation? If I want to buy another race car or something like that, you know, something fun, but whatever, right? So if I had to sit down and explain to someone how my company, Margaret Stevens, made half a million dollars a year, what would that look like? Well, one of the things would be I need to publish my content consistently. So what does consistently look like? For me, I like having a lot better parameters. So I instead of saying, oh, I, I publish um, a couple times a month, that feels way too vague to me. I can't hold myself accountable to it. Um, and if you can't tell, the whole of all of this, all of the examples I'm coming up with, is just things that I can do to hold myself accountable. So, if I was saying I needed to publish the podcast consistently, consistently for me would mean having a minimum four episodes go out every single month. So, I love the weekly episodes. Back in the day, I used to try and do two times, uh, two episodes a week, and I. Realize that I kind of burned myself out a bit. So instead I love the weekly episodes Um, I can go a little bit deeper into the the topic. Um, I don't feel like I'm burnt out I don't feel like I'm overwhelmed and I feel like I can publish that consistently so another thing would be to go ahead and create and sell courses so In previous episodes, if you've listened to them, and if not, go back in the archives, you'll totally love them. So in previous episodes, I've talked about a couple of other courses that people have created that I stand behind a million percent because I've used them over and over in my life. Well, that would be one way that would help me get to my half-million-dollar company. But the other thing, too, is like, I sent a screenshot to my girlfriend in Japan, and I've got six open half finished courses that if I just spent x amount of time or I just outsourced or I got you know a combination of the two I could have six of my own created courses live ready for someone to publish so or someone to purchase so if someone wanted to learn about clearing out clutter from their home everything would be there waiting for them if someone wanted to um build a side hustle company or build a company and wanted a lot more structure on it. Um, I have a course that's in the process called business made simple. If someone wanted to learn how to go ahead and create a $1,000 a month on the side, I have a course for that. If someone wanted this, 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 you know, so on and so forth. I have all these courses. And that's not even going. well, let me rephrase. I have six courses that with a teeny-ish bit of work could be live in the next couple of months. Realistically, all six of them could be live by the end of this year. So, I could close out 2021 with having six of my own courses published. Now, that's not even going into my Evernote folder and looking at all the other courses and all the other ideas that I have. So, realistically, to hold myself accountable, it would be, okay, this company, Margaret Stevens, made half a million dollars dollars this year by consistently, consistently publishing at least four podcast episodes a month and uh, consistently publishing anywhere from one to two courses a month. Okay, cool. That would be something I could hold myself accountable to. That would be something that literally helps me live and breathe and serve all of my customers. And that actually helps me hit my goal. So I go back to that last option. Well, how does this get done? and, And why? So part of it would be, you know, making sure that I'm sitting down and I go ahead and I you know put the podcast on and I sit in front of my microphone and I record and you get to hear a dog, a dog snore in the background um, and make sure I get that out consistently. I clean up my own process of. Creating courses and I have been working with um, a girl in Jamaica through Fiverr And she's been helping me do some of the heavier lifting on the VA side that I just physically don't have the time to do And she's been amazing. So part of it when I talk about outsourcing Like this girl's a godsend and I pay her ten bucks every single It's it's an hour of her time for ten dollars And she's fantastic And I love her and I am so grateful for her. And because of her, she's helping take all of my previous podcast episodes and turning them into videos. And then once all of those older episodes are live, or or, I shouldn't say live, are turned into videos, then I'm going to have her help me take them all and put them on IGTV. And then I'm going to have her help me take them all and put them onto YouTube. And then I'm going to have her help me do this and I'm going to have her help me do that. And she's been fantastic. And she's helping me leverage my time. She's helping leverage my message. She's making it easier for me to be consistent, again, so that I can run this half million dollar company. So that would mean I need support. I can't be the person that is sitting down recording and be the person that is spending 15, well, for me, because I'm slow as dirt with it, um, and I have no clue how she does it so fast, but I, I kind of don't want to know and I don't care in a sense, but like, I can't be the person sitting down and recording and writing the show notes, and creating the images, and publishing it everywhere, and then going backwards and taking that you know, recording, turning it into a video, then copy and pasting that everywhere, and then turning this into that, and then copy and pasting it everywhere. Like there's just physically not enough time for me to do that. And the other part of it too, where I was self-sabotaging, where you might be self-sabotaging in your own side hustle or passion project or whatever you wanna call it, is because I got so overwhelmed Um, and I wasn't actually clear on what my job was, I never actually followed through with it. So literally, my job is to create content. My job is to sit down and record episodes. My job is to set up the ring light in in our office and record course content. My job is to sit down and write things for you guys. My job is to get all of my quotes uh, ready so that I can have um, my cups designed and I can have my cups go live on the website. That is my job. I have to create the content. It is not my job to create the content and also build everything else in the background because if that was the case, then I would have done this years ago. It's physically not possible. So with that being said, i it, it's always... I want to get clear on the work. I keep saying the word work over and over again. And the work is all of the actual tangible, hold yourself accountable nitty gritties that help you get to that goal. And I don't want to say just that goal because you're, again, if you're listening to this, that goal has been so small or so achievable that you hit it over and over again and then you get bored with it and then you either put it to the side or because you're so bored with it, you self-sabotage. So when I say you're doing the work to hit the goal, the work is so that you can hit this big goal, this, I don't want to say overwhelming, but stretch goal, reach goal. You're like, how the fuck am I going to hit it goal? That goal that is unrealistic because that's what actually motivates you goal. So again, if you listen listened to this before, this is about the time I'm going to start diving into the journal prompts, but I want to finish and I want to kind of close out on work a little bit more. So if you do the journal prompts and you're still not sure if you have gotten clear enough on what the actual quote-unquote work is, I would either encourage you to go to the Facebook group uh, Clear the Clutter and post it there and then get feedback um, from the group or from me and say like, hey, does this sound clear? Does this make sense? Because part of it would be that it is super easy in this industry of self-improvement, self-help, whatever you want to call it, spirituality, um, it's, self, it's super easy to go ahead and be like, I need to be in alignment with the whatever so that I can co-create with the universe. I'm like, okay, well, what the fuck does that mean? What does being in alignment mean? So if some, okay, let's use that example. If someone told me Well, Maggie, I just need to be in alignment so I can co-create with the universe so that my knitting company could go big. Okay, cool. I love that you have a knitting company. I love that you want to be in alignment and you want to co-create and that you want to go big. But what the fuck does that mean? How do I, as your spiritual ninja, hold you accountable? So what does being in alignment mean? Does being in alignment mean having a super clean and organized workspace? Okay, does being in alignment mean that you have dedicated time to go ahead and work on that scenario or your knitting company? Cool. If that's what being in alignment means, or maybe that even means that you only create one type of pattern, but you do it in like different colors every single time, whatever that means, I I need you to clearly specify what alignment means to you. because it's going to be different to you than it's going to be for me, but I need to hear it. I need to say, okay well, Susan is sitting down and she wants to have this knitting company and she only is gonna, I don't know, I'm totally making this up. She only wants to make doilies. So she's going to make doilies and she, you know, to be in alignment, that means that she's only making doilies. She's not making Afghans. She's, I'm totally making this up. She's not making anything else other than doilies. And on top of it, being in alignment means that she has a dedicated space for it. So all of her stuff is in one spot and so she can sit down and she can make her badass doilies. Cool she wants to co-create with the universe okay well what the fuck does that mean so for her co-creating with the universe could mean that she i don't know takes a picture and posts it on her website um once or twice a month with the different doily that she's making and then the two or five or ten different color options that she has or maybe that even means let's take it a step further That means that she has an Etsy store, because again, that would totally be the right place for Susan to have her, her knitting company. She has her Etsy store, and every time she creates a doily for a customer, she takes a picture of it, she creates it as an option on her Etsy store, so that if anyone in the world that has access to Etsy wants her doily, the universe can send them to her, because she made it easy for them to buy from her. Cool. So... I talked about getting her in alignment. I talked about her co-creating with the universe um, so that she could go big. Well, what would going big mean for her? So going big for her could mean that she has 50 different patterns available. Sweet. How fast does she want to hit those 50 different patterns? And again, I have no clue if you could do a pattern with a doily, but run with it, right? So maybe she can do two patterns a month because that's what's realistic. Okay, cool. So in X amount of months, 25 months, she could have 50 patterns uh, live on Etsy that someone could buy from her so that she's creating something that's in alignment from a place of alignment. She's letting the universe help co-create with her so that people can go and buy her amazing doilies and rock on with them bad selves as she can quote unquote go big. So, and I truly just made that one up off the top of my head. Like, I have no notes on that one or anything, but apparently someone's going to go out there and, bake and go big and making doilies. But you get my point. If you're doing these journal prompts and it sounds vague as fuck and it sounds woo as fuck, define the woo I am all about the woo like I literally so I'll go and I will give you guys some examples of the woo so I did the same thing again for my company Margaret Stevens and I wrote my three words that got me into the flow that got me into the woo of where I wanted everything to end up I wrote timeless I wrote digital and I wrote flow but below that I have well what the fuck does timeless digital and flow mean it means a b c d and e okay cool so that would be my challenge to you as well. If you're going through the journal prompts and you start to realize that, oh, it sounds too vague or it sounds too wooey, I don't want you to get rid of the woo. I think the woo has a place and I think the woo can anchor us and it can help us look at a bigger vision and a bigger picture. I just want you to define the woo. So it doesn't matter if you're talking to me, your spiritual ninja, if you're talking to someone that has no clue what the word woo even means, other than that it means romance and nothing spiritual, I don't care who you're talking to, they can understand what you're trying to accomplish. That would be the ultimate goal of everything. So with that being said, we've talked about doilies, we've talked about a bunch of random different examples that you can try and that you not try you can actually implement into your life uh, we even came up with a drinking game in this episode um and i never mentioned what that drinking game was so it could be water it could be alcohol it could be hot cocoa it could be kombucha so no no judging on the drinking game um but with that being said i want you to go through these journal prompts and if you want feedback if you want advice i always encourage people to go to the facebook group um clear the clutter. It's just a good, safe space that you can find like-minded people that are trying to grow and do bigger and better things. It's not filled with a bunch of sales stuff. Not that sales are bad, because I love sales and I think sales are amazing, but it's not only people trying to market to you or other people trying to market to you. It's really a place to grow and to share and to have a community and to get healthy feedback without having to worry about getting criticized. Um... So I would always post it there if you don't feel like you have a good or safe space to share what you're trying to accomplish. With that being said, let's go over the actual journal prompts that I use to structure this whole podcast and talk about doilies. (laughs) So first journal question would be, what is the true end goal? So Going back to the examples I talked about, the true end goal would have been the million dollar sales team. The true end goal would have been having a healthy weight and being that healthy weight forever until I die. And then the true end goal would be to run a half million dollar uh, company. That would be your true end goal. So, for you, what is your true end goal? What is the bigger thing that pushes you that you're trying to accomplish? Question number two would be, what are the things that the goal needs to live and breathe? And I'm using air quotes because you can't see me, but let's pretend we've got the little bunny ear air quotes on there. So living and breathing would mean the tangible things. What is the quote unquote work? What without doing this, the dream has no chance of ever becoming a thing, a reality. So that would have been uh, the, the goal that you need for living and breathing would have been having uh, knowledgeable sales staff and aligned packages. That would have mean managing my sugar cravings and listening to when I'm either hungry or when I'm full. That would mean publishing X amount of podcast episodes a month and publishing X amount of courses a month. That are the thi- Those are the things that if I don't do that, the goal never has a chance of even happening and never has a chance of even being conceived. And then your last question would be, what needs to be outsourced and why? And I've mentioned this multiple times in this episode. Outsource doesn't necessarily always mean paying someone else to do something. That just means what resources are you leveraging? So that's what I talk when I'm talking about outsourcing. That's what I want you to think of. What resources do I need to leverage? Because in every one of my examples is technically different. So example number one, what am I actually outsourcing and why? Well, outsourcing would be having more knowledgeable staff than just me. The second example would have been having uh, either really good cookbooks that feel achievable and non-overwhelming, or maybe it could even mean having go-to foods that when I go out, I don't like blank out and go like, oh god, I don't know what to order, I don't know what to eat. I have some go-to options. And then you know, side hustle example would have been, you know, having and working with my amazing VA that is super awesome and she's helping grow my message so that everything is consistent. And even hell, what would need to be outsourced and why? Let's go back to the doilies. So doily chick Susan, who I love to pieces cause she wants to go big and be a badass with her doilies and rock on with her bad self, outsourcing could be in the beginning just using Etsy and posting a picture of her patterns. It could be from there saying, well, I'm creating so many doilies that I don't have time to take my pictures. So maybe she has someone come in once a month and take all of her pictures for her. Or maybe she has no problem taking the pictures and she loves taking the pictures after she's created her doilies. But maybe that means she goes and she goes on Fiverr and she... Um, outsources it to someone to go ahead and build her Etsy listings for her. Maybe that means she goes and has someone help her run her Instagram and her Facebook page. So then that way, again, the universe can co-create with her and can give her more customers to come to her Etsy business to buy her and joilies. So you get my, my point, right? Sometimes outsourcing means paying people, but not always. It's what things can we use, what resources we have at our disposal, what can we leverage. So then that way, when you're sitting down and you're getting ready to do the work, you actually know what the work is. You're not like, oh shit, well, what am I going to do now? Okay, well, screw it. Let me goof off on Instagram. Let me goof off on Facebook. Let me scroll endlessly on Pinterest. You let me watch another episode on X, Y, and Z platform. Instead of doing that, you know what to do. And then you could go ahead and you can do it. You can accomplish something. You can get over whatever guilt you might have created. And then you can go do something fun and enjoy yourself. Or at minimum, you can at least end the day and the week and the month knowing that you are on the path that you've always wanted to be on and that you're not going to self-sabotage and have to recreate this wheel over and over again. I've always said and I will always continue continue to say my work is timeless. So I want this podcast episode to be relevant, whether you're listening to it in 2021, or I don't know, 2031. This is a timeless principle that you can use to better your life. And then you can use that principle to help other people better their lives as well. With that being said, I'm going to let you guys go and gals go. I love you. Go use the journal prompts. If you need, again, advice, I'm going to say it again. Go into the Facebook group, Clear the Clutter. Um, totally get tons of support there. And go do something that scares you. And actually feel comfortable doing the work to get there. All right. Love you guys. Bye. Have a burning question for me.